Welcome to the podcast series on National Education Policy 2020 by the Center of Excellence in Teacher Education Initiative at Tata Institute of Social Sciences Mumbai. For this podcast, we plan to interview educationists and other stakeholders to share their responses and insights on different chapters of the education policy. Over to our host of today. Hello listeners this is Arushi Bansal your host for the day and today we will be talking about issues of teachers and teacher deprofessionalization our guest of the day is to be Dr Murari Cha Murari Cha is a social science teacher in one of the Delhi government schools Murari is an alumni of Jamia and TIS Mumbai who has a strong belief in democratic values he practices critical pedagogy to enable students for a challenging role in the society he has authored two story books that were published by us based ngo room to read ja has written and presented paper at an international conference cesi he is the recipient of teacher fellowship from regional resource center for elementary education and maintains a blog titled reflectivediary.com murari at present is working as a mentor teacher in the education department where he supports his fellow teachers in improving the classroom pedagogy murari participated in prestigious teaching excellence and achievement program during spring 2018 where he visited george mason university virginia usa murari has received a special state award from the delhi state in 2017 for yeah. his contribution in the education sector currently he is also per- pursuing his phd i welcome you sir You have been teaching in a government school of Delhi for over a decade. What have been your concerns that you wanted NEP to address? Uh, thank you, uh, thank you very much. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's been over a decade now uh, teaching in a government school of Delhi. Well, uh, you know, when you talk to teachers, there's a lot of concerns they have. But something which uh, most often uh, you will come across that. Uh, they want to teach but they don't get time for it so uh there is something fundamental uh, you know uh, problem which teachers i think across the country uh, particularly in indian context i'll say they face it uh, they want to teach but they don't get time for it so uh, i think uh, a lot of problem lies within this uh, concern of the teacher and um, i was expecting that the policies uh, must must address it yeah right so NEP 2020 for preparation of initial cadre of teachers in anganwadis allow workers or teachers with qualification with 10 plus 2 to undergo a 6 month training program whereas those with lower qualification will undertake a 1 year diploma program what implications it would have on the status of a teaching as a profession when multiple entry points to the profession are allowed yeah i think uh, the most important thing here is to understand that uh, how we see the profession of teaching uh in fact this is highly misunderstood and there is a, a larger understanding in society that like anyone can teach uh, well if we look at uh, from the democratic principle the line seems perfectly okay yes anyone can teach but uh, if we look from uh, you know the disciplinary boundary of a profession uh, then the profession requires a certain degree of training a certain degree of uh, academic knowledge eligibility and uh, without fulfilling those trainings academic knowledge eligibility uh, profession has its own boundary and it doesn't allow people to enter into it 
unfortunately this is not the case with uh, the teaching in literal sense you will see uh, people from any walk of life they enters the teach may not be informal but in informal uh, sectors but uh, they are in the profession of teaching and uh, what has been informal so far we see that uh, to a certain extent with such provisions which uh, nep is envisaging uh that the people who are like uh, 10th class pass or 12th class pass even they can uh go for a profession of teaching with uh, with a particular diploma or degree of 6 6 month uh see what's the problem with this kind of provision is that i and i am not saying it in in fact it has been stated repeatedly in nep itself that uh, the profession of teaching somewhere fails to attract the best mind uh of uh, you know uh this country and that everyone knows and it's a reality well then when you make such provisions that people like with 6 months diploma courses or those who are 10th class pass or those who are 5th class pass they can also enter into the profession of teaching do you think that uh, this with these provisions people uh, you know would like to come uh, you know the best mind would like to come to the profession of teaching i think not we if we see the other professions where the best talent wants to go uh they are the professions where there are standards highest standards and where uh, you know people spend a lot of time studying preparing to enter into that professions so we have to see that by such provisions we are somewhere diluting uh, that professional boundaries and somewhere uh legislating around the common feeling of indian people that anyone can teach and this i think somewhere is not a, a good move definitely sir i agree with you that is why we have these statements that who cannot do anything they teach they enter into the teaching profession rightly said uh, sir absolutely absolutely i mean there are documentary uh, evidences and uh, uh i was reading a paper by professor batra she wrote in 2005 uh, uh in one of her epw article there also she writes that uh, you know people generally see as as uh, uh, you know the bonds back option uh as the last resort because they could not uh, uh get into you know the other services recently in fact i wrote an article on my blog one of uh, one unknown person wrote a letter to me uh, he was working in some uh, uh you know some government department as section officer and uh, he wrote to me asking that he got selected for uh, you know teaching in a government school so whether he should leave that job and join uh, the teaching or not and i said yeah of course you should but then he wrote that many of the teachers are saying that uh, there's no uh, you know greater chances of promotion you don't get time to teach and there's a lot of other work which uh, is not supposed to be done by the teacher so there are so many things and people are discouraging me to be uh, a teacher so what should i do so i mean you imagine a, a country and how policy is imagining that the best mind should come so even a section officer is not uh, ready to come and join the profession of teaching and forget about the people who are aspiring for the iits for the medicals for the legal professions uh, for civil services uh, how can we uh, attract them to the profession of teaching that that's a true that's a that's a true uh, reality that uh, the people you know see it as a last resort and that is unfortunate i'll say yeah 
Definitely, sir. Talking about from the point of progression, when policy explicitly says that progression is stages, in stages is an incentive for progression in career. How valid is it to make such statements? Are we saying that the teachers at primary level are lower in hierarchy or in their knowledge base? What do you think? Well, uh, see, it has two angles and. Um, somewhere you know uh, since we are the part of a deeply hierarchical society and so uh, we see everything in terms of um, you know in terms of hierarchy only that what the career progression is so suppose if a teacher teaching in the primary classes would be seen as you know lower in ranks so or moving ahead when they go to the teaching at elementary level than the secondary and higher secondary level so this is how the growth is seen but i'll see uh, say that this is uh, uh, perhaps uh, not a good parameter to see uh, the progress in career in 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 the profession of teaching because each level needs a different set of skills a different set of uh, uh, academic knowledge different sets of research and uh, i don't think that one particular uh, sector whether it is primary elementary or secondary are you know less important or more important than other because each uh, uh, you know segments has uh, its own challenges and uh, equally qualified people are required so but unfortunately this is not how policy uh, uh, is seeing these things uh, so I, i mean in my opinion if if uh, a person with a masters degree is required to teach a higher secondary classes Uh, i don't think that the person with a diploma is required to teach at primary level they also need to have masters in the subject they teach because uh, you know it needs a lot of uh, skills and uh, uh, a lot of understanding to deal uh, at any level irrespective of uh, you know which which grade level it is so uh, uh, we have to somewhere bring a shift and uh, uh, it is something very interesting which i noticed in singapore uh that irrespective of which grade one teaches that doesn't determine uh, the position you know of a teacher that whether he is a junior in in terms of ranks uh so like it's equally respectable so because equal kind of rigorous training uh, are required whether a person is teaching at primary level or at secondary level so it's just a like of i mean how it can be seen we can take the example from the field of medicine so if person is like Uh, having a, spe- a specialization in ortho or person having a specialization in uh, ent these are two different field we don't see that one is more important and the other is less important i think it's, it's like similar thing so person teaching in uh, primary level are equally important uh, to, you know compared to the person teaching at higher secondary level yeah, yeah. Uh, these analogies with different professions really help us to think deeper into how we picture teachers to be so the policy says and i quote standards would cover expectations of the role of the teacher at different levels of expertise and the competences required for that stage what do you think that policy is trying to say here see these are beautiful sentences that uh, at different levels different kind of uh, uh, competencies and expertise would be required and uh, perhaps the training of the teachers would you know cater to th- these needs so these are beautiful lines but uh, what i see and uh, i mean I-, i find is something uh, not getting into sync with what policy states elsewhere that 
a person with you know 12th class pass or 10th class pass and having a diploma and then uh, at some other level at secondary level you need a person with masters degree and then ba degree so you know what you have just stated it says that yes each stage need competencies and expertise but to fulfill those competencies and ex- and expertise we are just uh, kind of suggesting that fine uh, at some level we won't require much education so person with 12th class uh, you know uh, degree uh, would be eligible to teach so somewhere what we are saying at one place we are contradicting at other places uh this is the fact what policy is stating that yes different uh, competencies and skills level are required but it doesn't mean that it can compromise with uh, essential minimum eligibility uh, that is you know i think whatever it could be it could be i think uh, i feel it could could have been similar for all maybe a bachelor's degree or maybe a master's degree whether a person is teaching teaching at a primary level or a, or at elementary level Yes, sir. Taking your response at two levels, one at entry points and one for the degree yeah. policy talks about TET and NET as means of strengthening content and pedagogy amongst teachers. How problematic it is when policy gauges at assessing the motivation and passion of the teacher. Uh, yeah, I mean, see, uh, the problem is that if you look at TETs and uh, uh, SETs, NETs. uh these are the standardized you know exams which basically um, uh and the chief aim is to uh filtration you know the lot of teachers are doing uh, bids and so they need to be filtered uh the problem is that any of the objectives which policy tries to achieve through these exams i don't think are going to be successful uh because what what we need to do is to look at our teacher training program and the colleges that are providing it policy itself mentions that a large number of uh, teacher training programs are under uh, you know the private uh, organizations and uh, the quality of teacher training program in such organizations are below average i mean it's not i'm telling you it's the provis- the policy which acknowledges and uh, so the pro- in fact any kind of intervention has to be made there and there are provisions policy is talking about it that uh, in a due course of time this has to be fixed and uh, uh, there there cannot be teacher training colleges which would work in isolation it has to be part uh, of a multidisciplinary universities uh, those are something interesting and wonderful things i'll say uh, it has to be addressed as soon as possible uh nothing uh, or nothing i can't say but much cannot be achieved through a standardized examination which uh, is there it's only uh, a form of filtration in a big country like india where you know millions of people go in any profession and then through a standardization you try to uh, uh try to minimize the number and obviously any uh, such exams uh, doesn't talk about or perhaps not capable of you know uh measuring the motivation level or the passion of the teacher so these are some of the uh, the uh, other side of these exams which i can understand i think yeah yes yeah, so it really seems like how will the policy actually assess the motivation of the passion of the teacher yeah. Yeah. can't really yeah. point fingers <laughs> So yeah. sir help us understand how is policy aiming to recognize these outstanding teachers who will be incentivized or rewarded 
Uh, yeah, in fact, whenever I think of this question, um, I, I really laugh, I'll say. <laughs> the reason is that, yes, uh, policy has been talking about that, yeah, we need to incentivize, we need to uh, motivate, we need to have provisions to attract best minds or the teachers who are doing great. Well, uh, see, there are some, you know, uh, more systematic problem and here i comes to uh, uh i mean and let me first talk about what policy is talking about so for, for example policy talks about that we should have uh, more transparent uh, transfer policy we should have uh, housing facilities for the teachers within the campus we should have uh, uh, you know uh, other kind of incentives hello yes sir yeah so these all things are uh, there, but uh, the problem is, uh, you know, when, when, when we talk about the best mind at, at first level, at the entry level, you see, uh, do you ever wonder that the people who are preparing for the IIT exam or for the medical, they are preparing to get a, a, a good housing facility uh, at the place where they work? I don't think so. Or... Uh, or any other thing which the policy is, in fact, and you know, envisaging to attract, uh, you know, best best talent. So, I feel that this is something uh, not in sync with what policy itself is, you know, talking about attracting. With housing facility, you cannot attract. Well, at one place, policy is also talking about uh, peer review, and uh, you know, the appraisal would be based on several factors. Uh, it it, it is going to, uh, you know, do away with the practices of, uh, you know, kind of uh, fixed uh, increment, which used to take place as of now in most of the government sector. These are welcome move, but these, the problem with this is that, you know, peer review or performance appraisals, these are required, but for this, we need a highly professional environment. So at one hand, which I will be talking later, at one hand, when we are, in fact, ensuring a complete deprofessionalization of teachers, and on the other hand, we are saying that we will use those parameters to assist the teacher and incentivize them, which are used in highly professional environment, how is it going to work? I don't think that it, there is a sync between the two. Because there are there are uh, you know a number of provisions which uh, will eventually lead to a greater deprofessionalization of teachers, and then assessing and incentivizing them on the parameters of a highly professionalized environment. I don't think that uh, it's going to be something uh, you know uh, better. It's rather will take to a, a more uh, worsening situation. Yeah. Sir, like you talked about peer review, interestingly, policy also talks about one-on-one -on -one peer tutoring to be extremely oh, effective yeah. for learning. Yeah. So, according to you, what will be the role of the teacher here? Will the teaching be dialogical in nature, democratic or hierarchical? <laughs> yeah, this is very interesting. I, I mean, see, uh, what, what, what uh, I have been talking about at uh, other places also, this, this seems and this sounds very great, uh, peer tutoring, right? <clears throat> and uh, there are people who advocate that it works also. Yeah, it works. Uh, but the problem with this is that, uh, again, what I told in, in the beginning, that 
it reemphasizes the already hold belief in india that anyone can teach when we say peer tutoring bring people who are educated uh, who are senior and uh, you know uh, take their help in teaching and learning uh, you know foundational skills of numeracy uh, literacy to younger kids because policy identifies there are a lot uh, a large number of students who are not uh, you know having uh, basic uh, foundational skills in numeracy and literacy that is fine but what i am arguing here that you know in india the ner net enrollment ratio is 100% it means all children who are in the school going age they are coming to your school and if they are still not able to have basic numeracy and literacy skills it means their experiences of learning are not good and the people who are involved in in uh, you know giving them teaching them those foundational skills they, they are not well trained so now when we are further suggesting that fine bring more people who are who having who are, who are having no training in in teaching and engage them in uh, you know for that uh, peer tutoring how is it going to serve so at two level at one level uh, that they have they have no training and it further uh, you know emphasizes on already hold belief that anybody can teach uh, it is also like uh, you know demeaning the profession of teaching i'll say that anyone can teach so if you are educated let's come go and do a peer tutoring and this is the reason that people uh, largely uh, you know hold a belief that what these teachers are doing oie to sikhate hain in hindi they, they they call it and then how can we expect the kind of uh, uh, you know dignity the kind of respect which the teacher needs to work uh, under this profession and any profession would not be able to attract good people unless the profession ensures dignity and respect so i'm not saying here that uh, for that region that anybody can teach and they should be allowed to teach uh what i'm saying that anybody cannot teach even teaching basic uh you know numeracy basic literacy skills it needs a lot of training it needs competencies it needs uh, certain skills which anyone cannot possess so everyone who can read and write cannot teach other person read and write this is how i think uh, when we talk about status we definitely attribute the qualities of respect and dignity also yeah. autonomy comes into picture Absolutely. So, do you think that the teacher should have autonomy to choose which textbook she can opt that best suits her pedagogy or uh, her students' needs? Well, uh, see, the the matter of autonomy uh, with teacher, it's a very complicated issue for them. And uh, I I'll say that perhaps there could be other profession I might I might not be aware of, but uh, in terms of the profession of teaching. we perhaps could not move much ahead of how uh, the colonial administration uh, thought of teaching the last rung in the bureaucratic structure so you know in a bureaucratic structure you do not uh, and you cannot imagine of kind of autonomy so uh, yeah there's a lot of focus on accountability and there's less focus on autonomy so choosing which textbook or which material a teacher would be able uh, a teacher would be able to you know choose or would be able to use in his or her classroom it's a very uh, at this point of time i'll say it's a very kind of utopian uh, for that we have to trust in teachers we have to invest in teachers we have to uh, invest in great uh, you know uh, in service and uh, pre service teacher training uh, 
colleges uh, and programs uh, so yeah i mean as of now there are provisions to just uh, you know more scrutiny more accountability and less of autonomy so i don't think uh, uh, at this point of time uh, uh, such uh, provisions uh, are going to be there to encourage teachers to use uh, uh, you know the textbook because it's not just a textbook or a classroom material it's because through the learning contents or material or resources which the teachers are using in the classroom basically states controls a kind of narrative which they want students to learn and believe in so this is just just not a matter of the the, the teachers autonomy it's a it's a larger uh, uh, i mean issue i think it's between what how a state wants uh, a set uh, a generation to believe in his kind of narratives and uh, and vis-a-vis teachers autonomy so teachers autonomy the issue of teachers autonomy is not so easy to understand i think and this is why because it's the state which makes regulations which uh, uh, which determine you know service conditions they won't allow uh, you know easily uh, to teachers to use any materials they want to teach because through this they control the narratives so the policy also talks about how the teacher will be n- not now given the non academic work but uh, don't you think that policy contradicts itself when it puts halt on the transfer of teachers but at the same time talk about circulating teachers in school complex to maintain the adequate number of teachers or to enhance the vibrant teacher community <laughs> yeah this is also very interesting so i'll say very smartly or uh, things have been written and worded i have written about this uh, you know on my blog also that uh, unfortunately uh, none of the policy forget about this new education policy even earlier rte which got implemented in 2010 and uh, even previous policies of 1986 1968 none of the policy uh, you know uh, has actually shown any serious concern about uh, teachers non academic work yeah they have shown the concern that the teachers have to do non non academic work and this is not something good and then they'll add a clause that fine uh something of you know constitutional duties of election or duties which comes under uh, the disaster management that they have to perform that uh but it doesn't make a much difference you know the problem with the teachers are that anyone who can uh, impose or who can uh, uh you know order uh, that these are the work you need to do they decide what teachers need to do because since in the bureaucratic uh, structure they are the you know the last uh point so they don't have much autonomy in it in this policy very cleverly it's written that teachers should not be engaged in strenuous non teaching job or strenuous administrative job so this word is uh, very beautiful strenuous what does it mean that they can be engaged in any less strenuous one and what would be the less strenuous that would be decided by anyone who is in the position to impose or to direct Uh, you know so for example if a teacher are asked to go and do a household su- household survey of 100 houses 95 could be less strenuous right so <laughs> very cleverly uh, things have been written yeah and you also asked about school complex uh, this is also i'll say that very uh, very smartly and uh, there is much more thing uh, behind this uh, idea of school complex see i uh, 
have spent my uh, you know a lot of time i'll say for 20 years in a village and i have studied in a in a village school the whole idea of school complex is that uh you know it is it is difficult to uh, provide so much resources in a school and so there should be a school complex so there would be a sharing of resources there would be sharing of teachers now if i look it from two point of view one as a village student studying in a village school so like i was going to a high school which was like 3 3 km away from my uh, village and uh, often during the you know month of uh, rainy season it the the roads used to be flooded and uh, it it used to become extremely difficult to go and most often we didn't go uh so is the situation in the uh, hilly regions so even if there is a school complex it becomes extremely difficult for students uh to move from one village to other village so when we say school complex at one point i see it as government's intent to withdraw uh resources and commitment to provide good quality education to all the children of this country so you know which which has been a kind of fundamental commitment of the government towards the children of this country uh so i see with this provision a withdrawal to that that fine no i'm not now responsible for this if you want a good education you have to come to a school complex so like government is saying that uh, we are not responsible that if if your school has not enough number of teacher if your school uh, does not have enough number of equipments labs right now we will provide all these things in a school complex so at this point i i see a bigger problem with this idea the second thing is in the school complex what would be the number of school that has not been determined yes so i also see it as another move to basically uh, further you know a kind of deprofessionalized teachers that fine two school three school four school five school together can hire the teacher so there is there won't be a need of a permanent teacher in a school and we often develop uh, you know kind of belongingness or uh, what we call a vibrant community to a place where we go regularly when we meet people when we share staff room with them a teacher moving from one school to other school and on everyday basis which kind of vibrant community would they, would they develop and would they be part of it's it's really i don't think i mean how has it been imagined so it's the the idea of a school complex is exactly against all such thing which it is stating as its objective yes sir yeah. your response really prompts us to read between the lines so sir help us understand initially bed program was for one year then it became a two year program now the policy is making it for four years what do you think what changes it will bring in the bed curriculum yeah uh, it was you know the need was felt that the one year which is basically eight to nine month program um, so uh, it was not enough to uh, prepare teachers who uh, has to deal with so many things uh, because you know teaching always involves philosophy psychology sociology history so you are teaching anything you know like science mathematics irrespective of it uh, so it i mean i mean why you are teaching something that brings philosophy how that brings psychology uh, so i mean it always uh, draw upon the disciplines so it was 
felt that it's not enough that in eight to nine months you'll be able to um, you know prepare good teachers so you need more time so two years and then uh, it was decided that uh, you know to have a kind of uh, compact uh, uh, programs which is four year on the line of other professional degrees like engineering or uh, mbbs which is five year integrated program uh, engineering four year four year integrated program so now this bad is like ba bad so one does not go uh, need to go for a separate bachelor's degree and then then for a ba degree so i mean this is along with two year ba program one year ba program so i feel that it's it's good i mean uh, there are multiple uh, opportunities for people so like those who have a bachelor's degree and they want to uh, come for a ba program they can go for two year after 12 some of them can decide uh, and they can go for uh, you know the four year program i think this is good and uh, uh, what is more interesting that uh, with this provision of four year one uh, more college and universities which were so far engaged only on uh, uh, providing bachelor's degree degree in more regular subjects uh, uh, regular disciplines like history um, or science subjects or commerce subjects they would be able to now you know uh, offer it along with the bed so there will be more uh, college and universities in the position to offer this program along with their ba programs or bcom or bsc programs so uh, i i feel that this is a good move there is a concern which i have heard but i'm not much aware of that is a disciplinary concern that if a student is not going for the honors you know a kind of rigor which is needed to develop an understanding in a particular discipline and it would be like the mix of everything because of its integrated ba program so how that uh, disciplinary understanding of a subject would develop so that is a concern which some of the professors have raised but i feel it's i mean it's comparatively better yeah thank you sir for engaging so deeply with the questions and without taking much of your time since you have written so extensively on the issues of teachers deep professionalization do you have any concluding thoughts on how nep envisages it further uh well uh, yeah i mean uh, see i uh, have been realizing that uh, this is something uh, which is a deeper question which every teacher need to engage with in fact not only teacher with everyone because uh you know if in india if we can imagine anything uh, other than cricket which everybody is interested in that is a good quality education so whether rich or poor people you know from across the region or any other differences they all are interested in a good quality education so this is something and uh, i very strongly believe that uh no system of education can rise above the quality of its teachers so at one hand we all are interested in good quality education and other hand we also believe and we need to understand that no system of education can rise above the quality of its teachers so the question of teachers has to be uh, you know brought, uh, brought to the central uh, issues of discussion and concern well when i say deprofessionalization what do i i mean mean by it that the trend which i don't say that this this nep has started which has been coming for last now two three decades i mean it started in 90s that we do not need you know highly educated well trained eligible teachers we can get this work done by anyone else you know most of the ngos involved people uh, for this work and as you know through peer tutoring or you know several ways 
so when we are try to replace highly skilled people with less skill or no skilled people it's it's a process of deprofessionalization and what the problem is that you know it it shows that we still imagine teaching as the work of technicians you tell it and they do it but this is not exactly it is uh but unfortunately uh the people in management and in bureaucracy they think that the solutions comes through technology solution comes through uh management and then they uh you know uh, they rush to micromanaging the things that they will tell everything what to teach where to stand when to pause which question to ask everything that that's the micromanagement but unfortunately this is not happening in the classroom those classrooms have become you know mechanical very boring and if you talk to the students they are not very much uh, you know uh, interested in such kind of teaching learning neither teacher are interested in this kind of environment teaching is still uh, you know a kind of intimate work teaching and learning we learn through intimacy when there is a relation between the student and the teacher and it's a work of the imagination and no amount of technology or uh, or or managerial provisions can you know uh, force teacher to imagine for that we have to professionalize teachers uh, we have to believe in teachers we have to believe that if there is a problem in the classroom it's teachers who will bring solution not the management not the technology it's for it, the solution of a particular problem which is located in a classroom lies within the imagination of teacher and the students of that classroom and this is why we need professionals in the classroom and when we, when i see it you know uh, what we are seeing these days that the students is scoring 90% 95% they are committing suicide i mean what's wrong with them they got the marks but still they are committing suicide so this is the outcome of this mechanical classroom which we have created through deprofessionalization of teachers so if we have to claim a teaching learning which is you know something which is the demand of you know every heart which people enjoy where learning really takes place for that we have to professionalize teachers and when, when i say that uh, uh, there are uh, provisions in the nep which further envisages deprofessionalization uh, most of this we have already spoken that uh, you also mentioned that this peer tutoring is one which further envisages for deprofessionalization uh you know higher level of privatization that also leads to deprofessionalization because it 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 has been seen uh, that it's the private schools not in the big cities but uh, in the suburbs and in um, the, the rural areas that uh, they hire teachers on low wages uh so all such provisions when when we look at you know uh we see that the policies actually not recognizing teachers uh, as uh, professionals and not uh, and the biggest example is policy nowhere talks about teachers as a researcher that the teachers can also research and learn from their own researches and further contribute in the knowledge contribution uh, about school education uh, so these i have written extensively about it so that is uh, my concern that uh, as i told you that no system of education can rise above the quality of teach its teachers so for a better uh, you know uh, education system we have no any other way but to professionalize our teachers to trust them believe in them 
let them imagine the solutions of the challenges which we have in our school education yeah yes sir i, I think it's right time to take our teachers and their teaching seriously yeah. thank you so much sir for your time we are humbled and truly grateful thank you once again thank you so much i enjoyed it a lot thanks a lot me too sir thank you okay that is all for today we will be back with another episode shortly this podcast is brought to you by the center for excellence in teacher education initiative at tata institute of social sciences mumbai thank you for listening have a good day